Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Good afternoon and welcome to Engage for Success Radio, show number 291, maintaining high levels of engagement through organizational change. So today we're going to be talking uh, about, uh, or our guests are going to be taking you through their organization's journey, uh, sharing a range of practical tips on how to engage in a fun, creative and purposeful way, uh, and uh, really thinking about some innovative ways to engage within your organization. I'm really excited to have the conversation today. I'm Jo Dodds, your host. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage for Success core team. And Engage Success Movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there's a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine light on good practice, and we're widely supported across the UK involving the public, private, and third sectors. If you go to our website, engagesuccess.org, you can use the link at the bottom of the page to join our newsletter list, and all our social media links are there too. So my guest today is Chloe Marsh, who's Head of Communications and Engagement at RHP Group. So welcome, Chloe. Thanks for joining me. Oh. I warned you, didn't I, Chloe, that you might not come on. <laughs> you know yeah. now. Hi, Joe. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can, yes, yes. Great. Hello. Thanks for having me on the show. You, so. <laughs> Excellent. So tell us a bit about RHP and your role there. Yes, yeah, so um, RHP is a housing provider with a strong social purpose. We own and manage around 10,000 homes across West London. Some of those homes are for social rent and others are for shared ownership homes for private sale. And we really pride ourselves as being innovators in our sectors, and that's in terms of customer service, house building and employee engagement. Um, so I am Head of Communications and Engagement, and I lead our Communications, HR, and L&D teams. And my specialism really is employee engagement and internal comms. So it's great to have all three of those functions in my remit, as they all have such a big input into the employee experience, and in my opinion, are most powerful when they're all working together. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about having you on. We were talking before we, we went live about the fact that I've been involved a little bit with the, the housing sector and all I can see is just how forward thinking and um, exciting a lot of the organisations within the sector are and you being one of them. And, and I, I admitted to having had it on my to-do list to invite you onto the show for a long time. <laughs> but, but it was really <laughs> I got you on here. But, uh, but uh, you, you won a CIPD award, didn't you, a couple of years ago? Yeah, we won the award for Best Employee Engagement Initiative and then the overall award on the night as well in 2015. So we were just uh, mm. over the moon. And as a um, someone in the HR profession, it just really uh, winning a CIPD award really is a career-defining moment. So it was a, it was a great night. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so brilliant to hear. So, so we're talking about what you do within your organisation. I know, obviously, and you've just demonstrated with the, the award that you have really good levels, high levels of engagement within the organisation. And one of the challenges organisations have often is when you do get to those great levels, how do you then sort of maintain them? And I know we had um, 
Simon Bilkliff on the show oh, a number of years ago now, and he was he was saying that you have to just keep changing things up and focusing on it because once you've got there, you can't sort of just sit there and expect it to carry on without you know doing that sort of thing. So tell us a bit about the context about um, engagement within your organisation and what what was happening um, in the past and, and where you are now and what you listen to moving forward. That's a big question, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, great. So yeah, I'll just. Set the uh, context about where we were before this big change program that I will talk about in a bit more detail. Um, so, mm-hmm. providing a great place to work has always been a really important part of our strategy, and we're really lucky that it's supported from a senior level. Um, and in 2012, we went through a big cultural change program where we set out to go from good to great. Um, it was successful, and in three years, our employee satisfaction went from 76% to 96%. And the really great thing about that was we also saw a correlation with an increase in our customer satisfaction at the same time. Um, as you mentioned, we also received um, some external recognition during that time. Um, we came number one in the Great Place to Work list, um, and as we already discussed, um, we were overall winners at the 2015 CIPD Awards as well. So we were starting with really strong foundations and we embarked on the change program that I'm going to talk you through. And um, as you say, the real challenge was how did we sustain those high levels um, of engagement through the times of change and uncertainty? Mm-hmm. So what was that catalyst for, for the change? Because I, I guess um, you know, change is always difficult um, and sometimes you know we might be forgiven for not wanting to change <laughs> especially yeah when absolutely so, so, so tell, tell us about why why the change happened and what, what that catalyst was yeah so our world and the rest of the housing sectors changed uh, for good in July 2015 when it was announced in the summer budget of that year that all housing associations had to reduce their rent by 1% each year for the next four years Um, And as you can imagine, this accumulated to a significant amount of money and money we hadn't accounted for in our business plan. Um, And it was to take effect from the April of the following year. So it wasn't wasn't much notice, actually, for us to kind of get things in order. And we had to find a way to make some savings really quickly. Mm -hmm. So what did you do? So uh, we saw the answer really lying in technology. Um, So we'd spent a number of years already kind of moving more towards a digital-focused service. Um, So we developed and launched the UK's first fully digital housing service. Um, We did it in just three months, which, as you can imagine, you really need your people to come with you on your journey to be able to achieve that. Um, It was called RHPI, and it was designed to increase efficiency and reduce costs so we could, importantly, build more homes, um, whilst at the same time improving service. So it was really important to us that we weren't just reducing costs and providing less of a service for our customers. Our chief exec was really adamant that actually we needed to do both those things at the same time, which, as you can imagine, was a big challenge. I can't even imagine what those meetings were like. (laughs) I have to be honest, we were all thinking, (laughs) oh, my goodness. We are usually (laughs) ambitious, but that was, um, we we really just had to trust, trust and go with it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, so I'm just imagining now the whole concept of, you know, 
making changes to systems, implementing things that people don't know how to use yet and don't even exist yet, and, and you know, your, your customers needing to understand how to use them too, and you've just told us three months. <laughs> tell, tell us how yeah. that all happened. <laughs> yeah, so um, what I'll do is I'll talk you through some of the real short-term things we implemented, and then I'll, I'll talk you through our longer-term tactics, which we uh, really based around a model that we call Brick and behaviours. Um, so we started off by following some of the real fundamental principles of, of change management. Um, the first our employees heard about this was that our exec team did a series of roadshows that every single person who works here went along to, and this is where they set out our vision for change. And we really, it was really important to us that people were excited about this, not scared about it. Um, they were really clear about the reason for the changes and why we were introducing RHPI, using the rent reductions as our burning platform and creating that sense of urgency, um, and really getting across that we had to do it to not only thrive, which is what we're used to doing, but survive as well. Um, they then set out a real clear vision for what success would look like for RHPI, and it was really based around this concept I've already mentioned, that we wanted to reduce costs whilst improving service. But the most important part of that was that the money we saved would help us build more homes, so it was all really intrinsically linked to our purpose as an organisation. We then took every opportunity we had to emphasise why we were doing it and what we were doing and what success would look like. And actually, three years on from that moment, we've still repeat those same messages when we talk about why we're encouraging our customers to get online um, and use our digital services. Um, another mm -hmm. important thing we did early on was to look at how we could work more efficiently together. And one thing we did was to reduce our teams from 15 smaller teams to six big ones. The view being that amalgamating teams that work closely together would increase efficiency, um, but we did this through conversation rather than consultation and used our employee engagement champions to support this process. Um, it's important to note that we didn't make any redundancies during this period, which was quite unusual for the sector. So a lot of our employees were either hearing from friends that worked in different housing organisations or were reading the housing press about um, housing organisations making um, cuts to their people um, mm. and in fact at the road shows our exec group made a commitment that we wouldn't lose any people um, however in return they expected people to maybe work in a bit more of a flexible way in terms of the type of work they did or the team they worked in so it was a bit of a deal really um, but it was a really pivotal moment our exec team setting that out from the start it really built trust and help people mm. come with us um, on that journey. Can we um, just so explore that a little bit? Um, but sorry, just before you go on, it just strikes it just yeah. me that normally in these sorts of situations, people, organisations do cut people because that's the quickest way to save money. Clearly, you were looking to save money in other ways. What, what, how did that happen? What sort of um, ways were you able to do that rather than losing salary costs? Yeah, so the whole idea behind RHPI and a fully digital service meant that we were reducing costs in terms of our cost to serve. So um, right. the cost of a phone call is much greater than the cost of someone doing a web chat or answering an email. Yeah. Um, 
So it was quite a simple actually thing to explain to people in terms of how we were gonna how we were gonna reduce the cost. So yeah, it was all around that um digital element. Mm. 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 Perfect, thank you. So I interrupted you. Carry on. <laughs> no, don't worry. Uh so yeah, those couple of things happened quickly and they laid the foundation for the change. Um we then went on to put an engagement plan together which divided the activities into what we call the three Bs. Um, so they are, one is bricks, so that's your office space and environment. Second thing is bytes, so the digital tools and systems available. And then the third thing, really importantly, is behaviours. So how we were going to live and breathe our values and behaviours to help embed the change. So I'll just go through each one of those in turn and just give a couple of examples of the sort of things we um, did around them. So I'll start off with bricks. Um, which, as I said, is all around the environment that people work in. So we've invested in an office space for a number of years now with things like um, theme meeting rooms to help create an interesting, creative space to stimulate people's thinking. Because um, we believe if you expect people to be creative, you need to give them a creative space to work in. For RHPI to work, we needed to collaborate more across teams so to help enable that, we built into the heart of our office what we call our touchdown area, which is a flexible space that can fit up to 60 people at one time, um, designed then for to encourage collaborative and agile working. So there's spaces where you can have a quick stand-up meeting or comfortable seats for longer conversations or a space for you just to come down and dock your laptop if you want to get away from your desk and be more accessible for people. And it's been really successful and has become the hub of our office with lots of cross-team meetings and conversations happening there. It's also been really brilliant for leadership visibility. Our chief exec never uses his office anymore, um, and you will always find him down sitting in touchdown. And he's really very open to people just coming over and having a chat with him. Um, and our exec and leadership teams often have their meetings down there in the open space too, which really gets across this idea of transparency and that there's nothing to hide. Um, so although it was a physical change, it actually was a really important marker in terms of that change in the way we're working to um, move to more of a collaborative and agile way across teams. The second B uh, is Bytes, so that's the digital tools available to our people. Um, it's really important to us that we offer the same choice, convenience and control to our employees as we do our customers. And we've worked hard over the years to embed an e-first culture, which stood us in good stead before we launched RHBI, because if we were expecting our employees to nudge customers online, they needed to have bought into digital themselves as well. Um, one example yeah. of how we use digital tools to help embed the change was Yammer. Um, so uh, if people haven't heard of Yammer, it's an internal social network. We've been using it since around 2012, and it is an embedded channel of choice for us. Yammer was really effective tool during this period, not just for reinforcing key messages around the change, but also helping us to celebrate quick wins along the way to keep people motivated. So, for example, our exec team are really good on there and would praise progress, or peers might give another team member a shout-out. We also have a video booth, and uh, so people can go in and film a quick video in there, and the video gets uploaded straight to Yammer. So, again, that mm -hmm. was a really fun way for teams to kind of keep them everyone updated on their progress 
during this change and just got across a sense of excitement and momentum about everything as well. Another way we used our digital tools um, to support the change was to introduce something we call RH Pulse, which is um, an e-newsletter designed to help people keep their finger on the pulse, hence the name, of what's happening in the sector that week. So we curate the top stories and quotes from the week for people and send it back by email. Um, and we introduced this so that people could have a perspective on changes happening externally that impact us, so we weren't taking an insular approach. Um, and this newsletter is in addition to our standard weekly e-newsletter that's called Inspire, which was also a really uh, useful tool during this period as well. And then the final B um, is behaviours. Um, so as our business priorities shifted, we knew that our behaviours we needed to achieve these would need to change as well. So we redeveloped our behaviours and skill framework, refreshing our values and picking out some different behaviours, um, including things like innovation, agility and curiosity. We also changed the way we manage performance, moving from annual objectives to quarterly targets and reviews, and we call these sprints, and we still use them uh, today. Um, this means that our goals are broken down into more bite-sized manageable chunks and allows us to be agile throughout the year. Um, and we always bring these sprints and targets to life in a memorable way, so each each quarter, they're themed based on something that's going on around that time. So, for instance, in the summer, uh, we had a World Cup-themed one, and we launched it by having a penalty shootout um, in our courtyard, and we uh, got our director of housing to dress up um, as Gareth Southgate as well with his uh, waistcoat and everything. So we have <laughs> a little bit of fun around. <laughs> yeah, but um, the sprints were really work really well around that time of change as it provided some realistic short-term goals for people and then allows us to, to celebrate things along the way as well. Um, something else linked to behaviours was, of course, our L&D programme. Um, we know that learning is best when it's personable, memorable and fun, and we work hard to bring learning to life in a creative way. Some of the examples of how we've done this are we've played Deal or No Deal, to explore risks, so we had the banker and everything. Uh, people get very into it. We've run murder mystery events to learn about problem solving. We also have a series of engagement programs that are designed to stimulate thinking and encourage a point of view, such as our speaker program, which is called A Great Place to Think, where we invite external speakers in from different industries. We also introduced something called A Great Place to Debate, which has probably been our most successful engagement program ever um, and it's basically where we pick a topical subject matter and ask two teams to debate either side of the argument in front of an audience. Um, it's quite daunting for people involved but actually uh, once they've stepped outside of their comfort zone it's a really amazing um, development opportunity um, to kind of learn those different skills to put an argument together constructively and then the people in the audience also learn about something topical as well um, and we carry on the conversation on Yammer afterwards so um, we carry on great place to debate still. Um, we also gave people some support in positively dealing with change. Um, we've developed most of our um, training ourselves internally, but actually this is one time we got an external provider in, um, which worked really well. Um, and we invited someone called Paul McGee in, that some listeners may have heard of. He delivers a brilliant session called SUMO, 
which stands for shut up and move on. Um, it's a lot more positive than it sounds because it's actually more about your <laughs> internal dialogue with yourself. Um, but it was a really effective uh, way of introducing a common language around change and it helped peers to challenge each other construction constructively if they felt others were moving into a negative space. Um, and people still talk about it today, which is brilliant. And that's, you know, all different roles, whether you're a caretaker or one of our customer service advisors or a director, um, people all use the same language around that. And it's, a, it's just a great way to kind of um, have a conversation with people who may be being a bit more negative. Um, and then the final behavioural element I'm going to talk about is innovation. So when the rent cuts were announced, we realised that one thing that would help set us apart from others would be innovation, and more importantly, to nurture a culture where innovation happens at all levels of an organisation, because actually we realised that often the answers to our kind of big or complex problems lie with employees. They don't lie with our exec group or our leadership team. So to help enable this, we introduced a programme called 4 and 4, which is a bit like our version of Dragon's Den, really. Um, the idea is simple. So once a quarter, people pitch an idea for business improvement in front of an audience of their peers, and then people vote mm. on the idea they want to take forward as a business. So members of our exec team or senior leadership team will be there, but the great thing about it is everyone's vote is equal, and it's their peers uh, voting for what they take on board. And then the person with the winning idea will then get a chance to pull a project team together. They'll get some time set aside to work on it. Um, and they'll get a small budget if needed. And they have three months to turn their idea into reality. A really important part of 4 and 4, though, is that we emphasize the idea that it didn't matter if something doesn't work out, but... Yeah. We just wanted people to feed back at what they learnt from the experience if it didn't. Um, so, yeah, so that's the whistle-top tour of some of those things that we've uh, embedded as part of Bricks, Bites and Behaviours. Well, having made all that change in, in three months, I shouldn't be surprised that you've got other, so much other stuff that you've done. <laughs> so, it just sounds like there's so much going on and you know it sounds so much fun and you know people enjoy coming to work to, to sort of experience those, those things that are happening what's that doing to the business performance because you know that's what organizations will quite often you know be talking about and saying well it's all well and good people enjoy themselves <laughs> but you know it's not about that is it sort of thing what, what what would you say to that in terms of the impact this is having on the business performance Absolutely. And it's so important for us that we communicate the impact on the business so that um, people understand that it might sound fun, but it's always really purposeful. Um, so we launched RHPI in 2016. Um, and every year since then, we've maintained engagement scores in the 90s, um, which we were thrilled about. And our current uh, score is 96% of employees are satisfied. Um, Last year, we obtained investment people in Platinum as well, and in November, we were named as Platinum Employee of the Year. Again, we were over the uh, moon about that, but particularly because that was after going through such large 
scales of change and the fact that our people have kind of come through that with us. Um, in terms of business outcomes, um, we achieved what we set out to with RHPI, which was we did reduce costs. And we measure that by what we call our operating cost per home. So that has gone down and we have one of the lowest operating costs per home um, in London now. And we're looking to reduce that even more. And most importantly, our customer satisfaction went up at the same time. Um, so we can really show that correlation between what we've done in terms of the employee engagement and actually those business benefits that it's led to as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's just so impressive. And as you say, that, that whole thing about sort of not only maintaining what you were doing in the past, but actually continuing to improve on it is, uh, you know, just just amazing results. So so what what's next? It sort of feels like, you know, you must have exhausted all your ideas. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, how, 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 do you, how do you keep it going and how do you move on to, to the next level? Yeah, so that's what this, the um, exciting part about working at RHP is that actually you never stand still. So we might reach one goal and then we need to continue with the energy and focus um, to keep that going. So we've actually um, just launched a new five-year strategy. And one of the four uh, pillars in that strategy is to be an inspiring place to work. Um, so we're really looking at four areas of focus to kind of continue to build our uh engagement so the first one is to look at how we can work more flexibly which i know is on the agenda for a lot of organizations and to really make that shift so work becomes what we do not where we go and as i mentioned we've put a lot of effort into uh, creating a lovely office space so that's our challenge people love coming in here um and linked to that we'll be moving to more outcome focused performance management and then providing people with the right digital tools to be able to work anywhere as well. Um, we're also going to be boosting our investment in learning development, uh, which is great news for me and my team. Um, and we're developing a brand new leadership program at the moment, um, which we're looking to get accredited. And then really the final area is we want to continue to find ways to build a culture of creativity and innovation. And we really want to be seen as the test bed of new ideas in the sector as well. So lots of exciting things to come still. Yeah, it sounds that just sounds so exciting as you say, and um, and I, I'd say it's hard to imagine that, that there's so much more that you can do to, to build on what you've you've already done. If I were to talk to you know the average employee, and I'm sure you don't have any average employees, but you know somebody and just sort of bump into them and say, "Tell me about what it's like to work at RHP." What what would they be saying to me? Oh, they would say it was exciting. Um, they would say that they're never bored um, and they would also say it was a fun and collaborative environment as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you talked before about um, your chief executive uh, working in the joint area and, and, you know, being very visible and all that sort of thing, we've only got a couple of minutes left, but did, I don't know who it is, a he, I think you said it was a he. Um, a he, yeah. David. Did, did he, yeah, did did he come to somewhere where he was doing that before, or has he really sort of grown into that within the organisation as part of all this change? Um, he's always been very conscious of doing that, and he's really great uh, at, at going and personally thanking people, and since we started Yammer, who's very visible in Yammer, but 
he's definitely made a shift to do it even more. And um, when we started on that change program with launching RHPI, there was a, a big change in terms of him him being physically around and approachable. Um, and mm. he really emphasised the fact that if anyone had any questions or concerns at all, he um, was there for them to chat to. And it wasn't even an open-door policy because he's not in his office. You, you really can just literally go and say, oh, hi, David, do you have a couple of minutes for chat? And he really welcomes people just coming and sitting and, and asking anything mm. that they want to from him. Mm-hmm. That's really refreshing to hear. Well, yeah. thank you, Chloe. It's been it's been great uh, talking to you and hearing about all the, the exciting things that you're doing. And uh, we look forward to uh, perhaps getting you back in another year or two and seeing what the next stage is. Yeah, that would be brilliant. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Lovely. Thank you. So just to let you know, next week we've got Denise Willett here, who's Senior Director with Achievers EMEA, and uh, I'll be back interviewing Denise, and she's going to be talking about using engagement and recognition to drive business performance. So I look forward to catching you next week. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.